Hello, this is Bob. And this is Jordan. And this is Shop Talks. Yeah. We're here at Boise Tattoo in Boise, Idaho, just hanging out, shooting shit. Yeah. Talking about all kinds of stuff. Well, actually, I just yeah. sit and tattooing, and then. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've been. We're going to talk tonight about, uh, what do we say, personal finance. Or yes. just like some basic, like, introductory finance, personal finance stuff, and basic, like, financial responsibility things. And just kind of. Because with most people that I encounter or talk to about financial issues that they may be having or whatever, that seems to be a pretty pervasive issue, uh, even among, like, adults. I would I was going to say young adults, but there's, it's not just young adults. It's, I'll, I, I talk to people in their 40s and 50s who don't understand some of these basic financial concepts. So, Well, it's not necessarily you know an age thing to not no. understand how money works no, and how to best not. make money work for you yeah and it's not even about making money work for you it's about making sure you're using you know you put your money in your tool chest take care of your take good care of your tools so that when you need your tools they're there available and good mm-hmm. shape and can help you with what you need yeah all. like to do or to have any sort of like definable ideas about what you're doing with your own finances, you first need to establish like uh, at least in a general sense, like what what do you want out of life? What are your goals? It doesn't have to be all this horribly specific shit, but if you would be perfectly content, like living in a one room cabin off the grid with solar power and farming your own food like well then you have significantly different financial requirements than somebody who is going to tell me that well my goals are to be a you know uh, to make over a hundred million dollars before I'm 35 or something right like you got first we got to know what the goals are because it's going to be very very it's going to you know the trajectory will be very different and you know what's going to be required of you will be very different um but in a general sense let's just talk right now about the basics that can apply to anyone but in general just your average low income to lower middle income person or family i think regular stuff i think the cornerstone of managing your money starts with not banking by the force. You're not a Jedi. Oh. And the you know you can't just assume what's in your account. Oh. And whip your debit yeah, card out. Well. Withdraw cash and whip your debit card out and use your card. I'm going to tell you my solution to that. I believe it's the ultimate solution. But it was only the ultimate solution for you know for me and for right. anyone else who it works for I guess. But. I didn't want to balance my checking account. I also wanted to be very sure about what was going on with it. Yeah. Um, so I didn't use my debit card. I didn't use checks. I still don't, except for very occasionally, if I need to, right? Or if um, generally when I'm purchasing something online, I'm going to be using credit cards. If you don't have credit cards yet and you want to purchase stuff online, make sure you are keeping very close track of the balance that's in your account before you spend out of it aimlessly. What I would do was take my paycheck. Most people are getting a paycheck, so let's just say that. You take your paycheck, 
You either get it direct deposited, lots of people get it on direct deposit. Some people still get a paper check, take it into the bank, right? What I recommend is you take that paycheck and you put whatever you don't need as far as cash in hand spending money and you put all of that back in the account and you don't spend with a debit card or checks out of your account you spend out of your pocket you spend out of your wallet or your purse so you pay in yourself cash first. you so pay you yourself first, first you put the cash that you have predetermined this is what I am allowing myself to spend per week out of my check whatever that number is and then you put it in your purse or your wallet and when it's gone you're done that's how I that's how I learned up front that also made sure that in my wallet I would have the deposit receipt for my account so I knew exactly how many dollars were in my account and it's always easy to tell exactly how many physical paper dollars are in your wallet and then boom, you solve the problem of not knowing what's going on with your account and overdrafting and having to balance your account. Because I have a piece of paper from the deposit that tells me exactly how much money's in my checking account. And then I have a predetermined amount of cash monies that I can count at any point throughout the week and know where I am with the money that I have determined ahead of time is what I'll be spending that week. That's the other, what, something that I, I kind of glossed over in there was make a determination ahead of time. How, what are, am I allowing myself as spending money per week based on whatever your personal requirements are? And that can eliminate a lot because if you're just spending money on a debit card, you don't it know. It doesn't. Fast. It gets away from you really quickly. Yeah, yeah. But if you go, I got paid eight hundred and forty-six bucks this check. I'm taking a hundred dollars out of it for spending money this week. Then you know you have, you know, a little more than twelve bucks a day. Right. You know. You know how much money you have. You know. Oh, maybe I'll save it all up to the end of the week, and I want to have a big, nice dinner with my wife. So I'm just going to eat in and and be frugal this week. You know, or whatever. Or like, oh no, I want to make sure I have my Starbucks every morning. Okay, that's five bucks. I want to make sure that I get my pack of smokes. That's another five bucks. Um, you know, you've already spent $10 out of the, you know, you maybe, you know, you don't have much left at that point, you know? <laughs> so uh, you've got to be discerning. Yeah. And discerning in a very realistic way. Now, if you don't have a whole lot of different facets, a whole lot of different accounts and credit accounts and loans and all that. Um, this is a little bit easier to track, but the concept applies to everyone. Yeah. So this is a basic way to keep your checking account balanced without having to balance your checking account. That worked well for me. I think it's pretty foolproof but uh, I also know that some people don't like carrying cash. They just don't right. like to do it. First, I would say if you're a man, get over it. You know, <laughs> or if you're like, if you're worried that 
But like if you have a serious consideration or like you seriously think somebody's going to like rob you or take your money from you or something, yeah. like some kind of worry, they're probably just as likely to take you to an ATM and make you take money out of it, which is generally what people do now when they're getting robbed. This has become like the new norm for like armed robbery. Um, anyway, if you don't want to carry any cash with you, I don't have a I don't have a perfect solution for you for how you can get by without balancing your yeah. checkbook, other than it's very easy to have a real time banking app on your phone that tells you the balance, the real time and balance that's in your checking account. Right. So then it, they generally have a quick view option mm -hmm. to help you just slide up and not have to log in all the way. Yeah. And be able to see what your balance is. Yeah. So, so there's another option if you don't want to carry cash. I really like the pull the predetermined amount of money out, put it in cash in my pocket, because it's a very concrete way to, to set boundaries for yourself ahead of time. Because that's how spending gets out of hand. Yeah. But is you didn't predetermine your boundaries before you spent money. You started spending money without the boundaries in place. Yeah. So make it determine what you're going to spend each week. You make a determination before you spend it, before spend, the week starts. You go, period. this is what, not that I can't, but like, this is what I'm choosing to do. You could spend more. Yeah. Obviously you could. If you're having financial problems, chances are good you were spending more. Right. You're perfectly able to spend more. And I think that from a psychological standpoint, it's important to tell yourself, I am perfectly able to spend more. I don't want to. Well, here's I choose not to do that. So working for a fi I'm just going to say I work for a financial institution. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say who. Um, there's several of them with call centers in town, so mm -hmm. I'm good. So the thing I see the most coming in when customers come in and need money or want to apply for a credit card or something to that nature is that they they don't count how often they overdraw, okay? okay? Your average bank charges you $35 for overdraft, okay? Yeah. If you have an average of three overdrafts a month times 12 is 36 overdrafts. Multiply that by $35. You're giving your money to the bank mm -hmm. of your own volition. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure you understand that, mm -hmm. that if you are willing to give the money to the bank, Great, but there's no reason for there's, you to do that. There's no reason to do it. There, and and you have no. Me, and this isn't about blame. I'm not. You're not a victim. You're not stupid. You're just not planning well, because mm -hmm. you're living in the moment. Well, this is about like what we're talking about tonight. It's not about whether you're smart or stupid. It's exactly. not about whether you're a genius or an idiot. This is about are you. Are you well? Are you well informed? Are you educated on this particular skill set? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. With this particular skill set, so we're we're trying to in, instill a few basic skills. They're going to help somebody. I've I've met people who are fucking geniuses who don't understand this basic shit. I've met people who have an IQ like a shoe size, and they can benefit from this too. You know, right. like, or I, I've known people who aren't very intelligent, but they're really good with money. Yeah, because yep. they just don't spend money because they they buy what they need, mm -hmm. they live within their means, and mm -hmm. they don't. They're very frugal, 
and they don't let people they don't let themselves buy things from people just because they're nice well I just they're just not like Good they boundaries. haven't bought into the like consumerist mindset. Well, it's also exactly. that they've also made good boundaries for people. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you're out with your friends and your friends want you to buy your thing, buy them things, it's okay to set those boundaries and say, no, you got a job, pay your fucking shit. <laughs> well, and those are, those are generally easier boundaries to set yeah. for most people. Most people the yeah. boundaries that are hard to set are the boundaries you have to set with yourself. Yeah, not spend on and yourself, yeah. That's, that's the sticky part. And that's the part, or that's the reason why I would encourage everyone to to uh, not spend off of a debit or credit card as their normal go-to way of spending. It allows you to spend too much money too easily without having any real feedback about what's been spent. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And there's no there's no limit to it there's no I mean there is in a, in, in a sense well, a, a but cash withdrawal no. most banks only allow you to have $300 cash withdrawal have an ATM you can pull additional cash out with a purchase sure. but that goes back to but your, when you're uh, your purchasing something limit. with your debit card you can go around and buy $1,500 worth of shit in a day with your debit card yeah if you have the you know, limit and you have the cash you, yeah but you don't you uh, but if you did and I asked you at the end of the day and you weren't very specific about keeping track and most people aren't yeah you probably couldn't tell me if you spent 700 or 1700 Right. Well, when I do credit card applications and we end up talking about using their credit card for overdraft protection, mm-hmm. there's, there's things I have to read by federal regulation. And they always, it always talks about how your savings account, your, your credit card is going to charge you a, a cash withdrawal annual, a variable annual percentage rate on your withdrawal. Yeah. Okay. And your savings account won't. Yep. I'll add the sentence at the end of that, the best tool for overdraft protection is a bank ledger. Mm-hmm. And I always say go back to paper, because nobody wants to go back to paper realistically, depending on your age, but it's gonna make them think, I, my, my idea is to make you think outside the box of what's in your account. Well, it's physical, there's something yeah, physical, exactly. and that's why I like having the physical paper money, because it's yeah. very easy to go, that's how much I've spent. You can touch it, you know what I mean? If it's like. You can, if it, you know, maybe it's if it's a hundred bucks a week, you know, and you got twenty dollars, twenty, you know, five twenties in there, and you can't really touch it. But like, in a general sense, you see, but it's there. It's physical. Yeah. It's very easy to determine where you are. Well, maybe another thing that people and do every wrong, time you spend, you know, uh, that's where I'm at. Maybe that's what pe- one thing that people do wrong too, because there's this saying that says, if you got a hundred dollar bill, if you break it, it's gone. Have you ever heard? Of, I, I, yeah, I, I think it's bullshit, but I mean, I understand. I know, but it. it's it's a lie. It's one of those lies you tell yourself because yeah. then you, it, it gives you an excuse. Well, I broke it. I might as well spend it all instead of staying within this idea of I only I'm only going to spend this much this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, that's not it. I I think it does make it a little bit psychologically easier for somebody yeah. to spend twenty dollar bills than a hundred dollar bill if you're in that mindset right it makes no difference to me i spend them all the same it's paper whatever but like having that that real-time feedback from an actual physical object every time you go to spend money it will change your spending habits yeah it's it you know um so i think we've worked that over quite enough checking account stuff that's what to do um let's talk a little bit about like 
budgeting and spending habits and how that ties in. We did a little bit with like, you know, your weekly this, that, put it in your pocket. But like, in general, when I talk to people who are struggling financially, it's almost never because they don't make enough money. Very, very rarely have I ever spoken to somebody who's struggling financially and they don't make enough money. Usually they're struggling financially because they make poor financial choices. Yes. Not because they don't make enough money. And this is a common misconception because if you asked most people who are struggling financially, why, why are you having a hard time? What's, what's the problem? Well, you know, I just don't make enough and bills and this and that. And, right? They're going to tell you all about how they just don't have, make enough money to bridge the gap. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's not true. It's not true. It's not true. Sorry. Like, that's just not the case. It probably feels that way. And this, is, this ties back to your the spending habits because yeah. if you're not knowing exactly how much money you're spending and what you're spending it on because you're spending with a credit or a debit card, it's very hard to answer the question of why you have financial problems or maybe you feel like you don't have enough money because, well, I tried to buy these all this stuff and at the end I didn't have enough money. Okay, well, maybe, maybe you just don't need to buy that stuff. And if you're keeping a better track of what you're spending on a daily basis by having physical money or by checking your account balance consistently on an app on your phone, you're not going to be nearly as likely to spend outside of what you said you would spend. But I think most people don't even say, this is all I'm spending this week. No. Most people just get that. paid and they buy whatever they, you know, yeah, and they, exactly. get, they just get fucking silly. Yeah. But like, they, this they is... Shops, they shop wisely at the grocery store. <laughs> they might have a really good budget and, and shop wisely at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. But then when they get home, they don't cook at home. They go mm -hmm. out to dinner anyway. Mm -hmm. And then they're throwing food away. Mm -hmm. I, I got caught up in that for a while. My wife has actually made that much better. She cooks most every night. Okay. And or if I'm home, I'll cook. Mm -hmm. But you know, she cooks more than I do because she's home already. I get home late. So, but that's the one thing that really made a huge difference in my budget in finding having meals extra home. cash, be able to put money in a savings account because I can eat at home, mm -hmm. and I'm not throwing food away because yeah. I didn't say, oh, I, I, I'm driving home. I'm gonna stop at Black Bear and get a steak. We're gonna steak in the fucking free in the freezer. Yeah. Why am I? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. The. So like. I. What did I say? That most people. It's not that they don't make enough money; they overspend. Exactly. Um. And it's a it's an unconscious overspending. I'm not trying to indict people that some people are it's frivolous with their money, and it's this isn't a blame thing. This is about like taking an objective viewpoint and really putting your finances under the microscope if you want to change, if you want to improve your finances, your financial position. Yeah, it's going to require work. It's going to require observation, and you know I'm we're, I'm just trying to say how to do that. I'm not trying to yeah. I also, I don't want anyone to think, I know there are people who just purely do not make enough money to pay their basic bills. Well, and then you have those the medical costs and, I'm and not things trying like that to, that wreck everything too. And this is, 
That's a whole other aside. I, I could do I know, an entire I know, fucking I know, podcast. I know, but I'm just saying. I'm just that. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something yeah, that yeah, really. Yeah. That's something I see yes, in the financial absolutely. industry that ruins everything. Oh yeah. There's a huge financial. If it's even if it's just five thousand dollars for teeth. Yep. It can really put you sideways. Yep. And but this this is this is what we're talking about. I want to give people enough information that five thousand dollars for teeth is no big thing. Yeah. Um. The. Now, when I say most people make enough money to pay their bills, that's not to say that you can spend money however you want or that you can even spend money the way you were spending money last week. Yeah. That's, but in general, when people are having that, see you guys, see you Kelly, and um, I say, all right, the first thing you need to do is get a copy of every outstanding balance that you owe. Be it a mortgage, a credit card, a student loan, um, uh, you know, a, a, a hopefully not a, a title loan or, or a payday loan. But I, I've, you know, talked to people who deal with that stuff too. Um, you sit down with every, a, a copy of any money that you owe to anyone for any reason and you need to the, the, there's going to be a bunch of bullshit on all these papers the only things that are really important are the interest rate the amortization schedule and the principal balance we're going to go through and we're going to look heavily at what we're going to pr- try to prioritize the money that you owe because if you want to get your finances squared away well so are you you're talking about you're talking about snowballing debt i'm talking about i don't know if that's i don't have any i don't know what it's called that's I, what that's what dave ramsey and Susie orman call it is it so Susie orman says to take your know. debt stack it highest to lowest and she she suggests you start at the highest and pay it down. The highest interest rate? High, no, highest amount you okay. owe, regardless of interest uh, first, rate. First and foremost, I don't know who she is. That's she's, a, she's a guru. For well, financial guru okay. with my fingers going. I'm going to put that in air quotes because that's fucking stupid. That's not what I'm going to well, tell you to do. Money. That's okay. That's But that's a terrible, that's not good advice financially. Oh, it's not. I agree. It's not good advice. You want to order them biggest to smallest, but biggest interest rate. Not biggest amount. The amount doesn't matter. Put the amount out of your head for a moment. Sure. The interest rate is what's actually costing you significant portions of money. Yeah, that's true. You need to order the money that you owe by interest rate. Which portion has the highest interest rate? And not not the APR. The interest paid, including the amortization schedule. So like if you're, say, you, because you could have a car loan at 10% and you could only, and you may only be paying like, you know, the, the percentage of the payment every month because the term of the loan is so much shorter. Yeah. The amount of, act, the actual percentage of your payment that goes towards interest versus principal is significantly smaller 
than the portion of the money that you pay on your home loan that goes towards interest. So this is why I'm saying it's, it's not just as simple as looking at the, the amount of the principal. It's not just as simple as looking at the, just the interest rate. You have to um, figure the amount, the term, the interest rate, and the amortization schedule to know which one is actually costing you the most per dollar. Because that's essentially what you're trying to figure out is all of this money that I have borrowed from people, all of these dollars, which dollars are costing me the most every month? Okay. That's what I want you to find right. out because that's what you need to pay off first and you need to pay it off aggressively. Yeah. You find whichever loan or credit card, generally it's a credit card that's yeah. costing people the most. Well, that, that's... Uh not that's, always. That's usually. a compound interest, though. Too. Yeah, that's compound interest, and it's really usually a you know high percentage rates. Well, they generally have a um, schedule on your on yeah, your home. Yeah, you can see the schedule. You can the, go and look the, the web page up. for that, and tells you how long it's going to take you to pay off it this much yep. or this much. Yep. See, now this is this is where the snowballing comes in reverse mm -hmm. with Dave Ramsey. He says you pick your smallest. Now I understand what you're saying, but stay with me for a minute, okay? Mm -hmm. He says you pick the smallest because mm -hmm. what you're what he's trying to do. He's applying in, in my mind, and I'm not a physicist, I'm not a scientist, I don't much don't know anything much about mm -hmm. physics, but what I know is a motion, an object in motion stays in motion. That's he's, physics. He's he's applying a bit of like psychology right. to So he's to saying the, he's saying when you play out the smaller things, the 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 then you can start stacking you take what you paid on the smaller thing and you double the next thing up. Mm -hmm. And then you double the next thing up from there, or triple it, however mm -hmm. you're working it up. Yeah. So, but here's really what can happen, okay? Let's say you have five credit cards, okay? You have two at, at $4,000, uh, well, as I said, five, right? So mm -hmm. you have two at 4,000, you have two at 2,000, and one at 500, mm -hmm. okay? Well, and your debt to income ratio is skewed at 60%, because you don't make that much, but you've got you've got all these cards. You've got twelve thousand dollars in debt. I think that's yeah. what that is, right? So it, what your what your goal is is you pay off the smaller ones, but you become more credit worthy to be able to take an amortized loan to mm -hmm. kill compound in daily interest. Mm -hmm. So when you're not made, so when you make that payment on a loan, the company is not going back in and saying, okay, thank you for your payment. Here's interest that you owe more on the loan. Mm -hmm. It's amortized. You have your principal and you have your interest. That's balanced out for the term that you've selected for the loan. Yeah. So that's what you. That's your ultimate goal. Is if you have credit card debt, you you may have too much, and banks won't loan you money if you have too much debt to income. Well, and you can't. Here's the other thing too. You're never going to get ahead if you're constantly fucking paying for someone else's lunch. And that's, that's really what I'm trying to get at here is you're paying for everyone else to have a ball. You're paying for loads of rich people to get richer because you don't understand how to not spend irresponsibly. I'm, okay. But no, I appreciate that. The, Thanks for saying that. Because that, that, that payment on that credit card, they want you to make the minimum payment for the next fucking 12 years and spend $3,600 paying off an original $310 well, balance. They want you to pay it down, but continue to use the card as well. Mm. 
That's why they add rewards to cards. To reward you for using the card, so you can get cash back on the card, or you can get a gift card mm -hmm. to Costco, or to movies, or for dinner at Applebee's, mm -hmm. shit like that. Because it costs them nothing to give you those money. No. It costs them nothing to give you those monies because they're making more money on the interest than you can than you realize. The I don't know the woman, the the people that you mentioned, but the idea that you would determine which loans to pay based solely on the principal, the outstanding principal, may make some sense psychologically right. for somebody who's fairly ignorant. Right. I don't want people who are, like I'm trying to educate somebody and tell them, yes, you can do it we're this reaching, way, yes, you can do it this way, but here is the way that really will save yeah. you the most I think, money. I think maybe I'm, maybe I'm making this too complicated, I'm sorry, because I work with this institution I work with, mm -hmm. and, and I do, and, and that's the thing that I see work is what I'm talking about. Sure. And you want to help somebody with a loan. I realize that most people like the simplest solution possible. Yeah, exactly. And that's why that, you know, those people that you're talking about are successful because they're not, because they're willing to say, I'm going to help you and I'm going to overlook what's best so that we can keep it really simple so that you feel comfortable. Right. I'm not willing to do that. If you'd like something that's extremely simple, and where people are giving you feel-good stuff, that's well, great. Well, if you want to listen to Dave Ramsey, listen yeah, to Dave listen, Ramsey. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But please understand that if you want to save the most money and you want to get out of debt the quickest, the best way to do that is to pay off whatever loan or whatever debt is costing you the most money per month, per dollar to have. It doesn't matter whether you owe $2,600 or $26,000 or a million and a half. It doesn't matter which one it is. Whichever one it is, you're paying a certain amount per dollar every month to not pay, to have that money, Excuse right? Me. To have used that money. Yeah. And it doesn't matter the size of the principal. It matters the amount that the money costs you to borrow. And that's what's important because if you start, if you go, what's the, what's the most expensive dollar on the shelf? Ah, that's the one I'm going to pay off first. Yeah, that makes you sense. You get out of debt the fastest. Yeah. Now, it may not feel the best because you might start paying on a $1,800 credit card when you have a $400 credit card over here. Sure, it would be much easier and quicker to pay off the $400 credit card. But, dollar for dollar, you're losing money and you're losing time yeah. by not paying off the most expensive debt that you have. And by most expensive, I'm not talking about principal, I'm talking about the cost per dollar. No, I see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying. And banks, because banks don't talk about that. Either. No, nobody, nobody wants to talk about that because that's the big, that's the that's that's like the that's the man behind the curtain type of thing, because it looks really great when somebody's like, oh yeah, you can get this so, at this interest rate, and it's this, and then you go, oh well, and 
is an interesting one that's very basic and I'm sure everyone's seen, but it's good, to it's good for illustrating my point. If I go and get a 15-year mortgage at 4%, I'll probably pay approximately hundred and forty percent on of the principal back over the term of the loan. Yeah. So if I had a hundred thousand dollar house, I'll probably end up paying a hundred and forty thousand dollars back to the bank over the term of the loan. Now, if I take the same interest rate over a thirty-year term, you'll end up paying two hundred percent. You'll pay about double. Well, the house I had on DeMire was a 30-year mortgage, mm -hmm. and the end of the amortization said I, it was in, we bought it for 95, mm -hmm. and the amortization said it was almost $300,000. That's And we had a 3%. What was going on? That sounds screwy, because I've be, looked at, I've be looked at a, I might be that's, thinking of that's, a different mortgage, Yeah, that's too. not, that's It's been a long not, time. I, all I know is I paid it off, bam, you know? Yeah. So I had life insurance, I paid it off, and. But the, 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 point, the point being that you had the exact same interest rate. The only thing that changed was the term of the loan. But because the term of the loan changed, it doubled the length of time yeah. in which you pay it back. They, they, and you have to understand in a, in a mortgage and in a lot of other lo loans, they're gonna front load the interest. Yeah. So if you look at the payment schedule, you'll see that the this percentage of principal that you're paying at the beginning of the loan is very small. And the percentage of interest that you're paying at the beginning of the loan is very high. And then as you get towards the end of the term of the loan, the interest is a sm much smaller percentage of the payment and the principal is a much larger percentage of the payment. Yep, yep. That's because the financial institution understands that you're significantly less likely to pay the loan off in the first 10 years than in the last 10. And they want to make sure that they get all or as much of their interest dollars as they can because the, the amount owing in principal is what's going to determine how much you still have to pay back. Right. So they want to collect as much of the interest as possible up front, and they do that through an amortization schedule. Understand that, because that's how the money's getting taken out of your pocket. You can, you can make, um, there's a number of different tools that you can use. You can refinance to a shorter term, or you can make double payments. You can make bi-monthly payments. Yeah, you make a 13 payments a year then. Mm-hmm. Well, you make 24, 24 payments. Well, you mean making a full house payment twice a month? No, no, no. No, you just split the payment and you pay it every two weeks. Right. But that, um, well, I'm not like crazy great with like well, in the mortgage weeks stuff, but like, yeah. So you're making, if you if you do that every two weeks, you're making 26 payments yeah, a year. Yeah. So that, that means that you're splitting your house payment in half. That means you're actually making 13 monthly payments over that period of time. Yes. Because there's- You're gonna make 13 yeah. payments, but what, el what it also does is it changes the amount of interest that's being charged yes. each month. It changes your principal. Yeah, and it, drops it, changed, your principal it drops principal. your principal right. significantly faster. So you need faster. to make sure that, yeah. you're, that the more, if you're buying a home, you need to make sure the mortgage company that you're buying the mortgage from is allow allows that allows because allows bi-monthly payments. Yeah, there or there are banks that'll penalize you. Yes. So this, this is all 
All of that to say, you need to understand how the specific debt that you're looking at is structured so that you can really know how much it's costing you. Yeah. Because looking at the surface, looking at the principal dollar amount, looking at the interest rate alone, these are not enough. If you need help with this, you can get it online. You can go to your bank. Anybody who banks anywhere, if you go in there and you say, I want to get my credit up, I don't understand this stuff. They will sit down with you. On they will websites. sit you down with a bank representative yeah. in person yeah. and they will talk to you for an hours yes. about how, and they don't expect you to do anything it's other than to get your credit. It's all free. Fixed. Yeah, they just wanna help you because hopefully once you get your credit lined up, you get a credit card through them or something. Well, yeah, that's, but, that's exactly what's that's, wrong is that you're not credit worthy. How yeah, can you count yeah, yeah. How can I? How can I? Credit worthy. How can I interest you in our financial products if you're not credit worthy enough yeah. to 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 get it's them? It's a financial benefit. Yeah, and to so them. it's very it, in their mind, it's beneficial. They they'll they'll spend hours talking to you about how to improve your finances. My just just in in the hopes that when you do or if you do, you'll bank with you'll come back to them and get a credit card or get a there's, loan or something else. There's a link at every. Uh, I would bet I know on my company's homepage. There's a financial education link right at the very top right-hand corner. Mm -hmm. You click financial health and it takes you mm -hmm. where you can find out how to, what you do, the five C's of credit, things mm -hmm. of that nature that are important. That and this, help with that. And that's great, but the reason, I think for a lot of people though, they feel overwhelmed by, and like they could just, like finances are just completely, just over, I just don't understand, I don't understand it. So for those people, I think it's hard sometimes to even just to go online and, and read the education section or like use those tools. A lot, I, I just want people to know that like there's all these different options. And one of the easiest spoon fed ones is going to your bank and saying, I want to fix my credit, here's, please help me. Here's a promise I can make to you about every financial institution or bank in America today. The bank wants you to be financially healthy because when you're financially healthy, it helps them to be able to follow uh, regulations easier. It helps them to not be penalized for what they're well, they what, how they're doing. They make significantly more money. Well, yeah, they do. But that's just it, though, because your success is their success. Absolutely. Yes. So, and they know that. Well, so don't anybody, everybody, go to your bank. Ask to talk to a loan officer. Tell them you want to fix your credit. They'll pull us, you know, they can do a soft pull or they can do a full pull and tell you everything that's going well, you're, on. You're entitled to one free annual one credit free report. One free a year. You're free, yeah. entitled to one free annual credit report. Now it's the report. I'm always wary because I beat the shit out. Like right, I beat mine right. up, you know? Yeah. So well, like it's, 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 I'm always like, oh. But it's a soft pull from Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. Mm -hmm. They won't give you your car, your, they won't give you your credit score no. unless you absolutely join their club. Mm -hmm. So like I, I, I signed up for credit sense. I keep meaning to cancel this 25 a month, right? Jesus. I know, but I'm, I can see access. I get access to all three of my credit scores. Since this year, what do they have so, on Credit Karma? That's fucking free, isn't it? Uh, but they still charge you for it if you want your score. They can give you your reports, huh. but if you want your score, they got to give. They're going to give you an amalgamated score. They're not going to give you the actual yeah. score from each one. I actually yeah, they get each, each score, score from each, each credit. And I, I do need to cancel agency. So I, yeah. so I had I had a mountain of debt, 
I sold my house that I paid off with Mary's insurance money, mm -hmm. and I paid off all my credit card debt. I paid off a home equity lender credit, which was maxed out, and at 10% interest only. Oh shit! Because I wanted to get my roof fixed, and I paid off my debt with that as well. But then I didn't realize that the rent money I had coming in still didn't cover it. Mm -hmm. Still didn't cover the interest. Yeah. So, and I had other debt as well. So I didn't manage that very well. So now I manage my debt better. Well, Autumn might disagree with me, but we have less debt. We have a good house bill. You know, she pays the house payments. It's her, it's her name. But my credit score rebounded quite quickly because I don't have anything in the collections or any adverse marks on my, the only thing I had in verse, and I was under, I was under 650 mm -hmm. because I was at 90, 80 or 90% that's income. My credit usage, that's what it is, my credit usage was at 80%. Once I paid that all down, I went over 700 like that, bought a, bought a car, I went back over 750. So I'm just working, working on working my way back to 800 where I was back in 2014. Yeah. It's just a matter of time and finding that balance of, you know, redoing that again. Mm -hmm. So, and, and it's, you know, there's a line in this movie called Stardust. Robert De Niro's in it. Mm -hmm. Claire Danes, yeah. and Robert De Niro is this. Shake, his name is Shakespeare because it sounds tough, you know. Shakespeare, that's how he says it. Well, he's a homosexual. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want anybody to know he's a homosexual because his oh, his yeah, line is. is, "Reputation is years to build and seconds to destroy." That is your fucking credit score. Yeah, years to build, seconds to destroy. <clears throat> yeah. That's exactly how it works. That, that being said, it is easier to get your credit score up than you think. It, 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 in all fairness, it is yeah. significantly oh easier, especially if you don't have bad credit, you just have no credit. Right. If you have no credit, I can tell you how to get your credit up to the, an 800 in a year. You, it, you just have to be strategic about how you do you it. You have to have good revolving credit, and you have to pay your bills on time and mm -hmm. not not go over mm -hmm. a certain percentage if you're going to carry debt on mm -hmm. a credit card. Yeah, Don't you go carry, over 50%. Yeah, you carry, carry uh, I'd say, like, under 54, sure. I try to keep it under 40%. Pay the balance off yep. every month after the balance has posted to the bill, but before it is due. You can't pay the balance on your credit card off before it posts to the bill, otherwise it won't positively impact your credit. You have to wait until after the balance for the month has posted to the billing statement, or they've sent out a billing statement, and then you pay it off. Well, you should, get it, you should be able to sign up for alerts for your, your system mm -hmm. to tell you the day your bill's ready. You could just pay it that day. Yeah. My, all I'm saying is a lot of times if you call or you're talking to them or you get on, you see, oh, my credit card, I owe, I, uh, it's got a, this balance, and then you just pay the balance off. You might have missed out on possible credit building because you paid off a balance that would have posted to a bill four days from now. Right. You have to let each balance go out through the billing statement and then pay it off. Um, right, and if you have a zero balance going forward when your bill prints, you're not going to have any credit. You're not going to have any interest added to yeah, the loan. Yeah, exactly. The debt. Yep. So, 
So carry forward as little as possible if you have to carry forward. Don't carry any forward. Don't carry any from from billing well, period where, to billing well, period. Well, that's and that's where that's where that comes into where the cash, the district carrying cash, like yeah. you talked about, and putting things on your credit card. Well, maybe mm -hmm. I'm going to put gas on my credit card and wait for it to post. Maybe I'm going to buy gas and some of my groceries, or you know, take my wife out to dinner uh -huh. once a week or once once every two weeks. Or I just use like credit cards for internet purchasing mostly. Yeah. And you don't and you don't purchase it unless you know you have to get the cash in advance, right? Um, I my finances are very different than what I would advocate for most people, unless yeah. they're trying to do what I'm trying to do. So kind of like um, Common Core math, you know, you might understand how it works, but not everybody else does. <laughs> common Core math, Common Core math is great. It's just they tried to develop the they tried to develop the curriculum so quickly that it was written like shit. Yeah. The concepts behind Common Core Math are excellent. Yeah. I mean, they, they try, you know, they're trying to, you know, describe us the system of mathematics to children from a young age, and that's what they need to be learning. Well, it's about problem solving. They're trying to teach them problem problem solving skills, and what they're doing is they're circumventing the the natural order of natural selection and how making decisions on how to solve problems works. Yeah, that's the real problem. But but I mean, at some point when you work hard at math. You work Common Core out for yourself. Well, and you run to because that's, that's what the it thing. Runs like, the if you really understand math, you look at Common Core and you're like, "Yeah, no shit." Well, duh. I, I kind of. But I, the main I, problem that I have well, with it is that, like, a lot of times it seems like. Anyway, I don't want to get distracted by Common Sorry. Core too much with this, but yeah. Suffice it to say, uh, a good idea behind the curriculum. Written too quickly and 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 not very well. Impl not very not implemented well. Not very well written or implemented. Good concept. Um, <laughs> kind of like Amazon <coughs> versus the actual economy. Good plan doesn't really work well for the economy. Oh, Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Oh. It kills mom. It kills mom and pop shops. You got Bezos actually trying to open up grocery stores now. Whatever. Yeah. Didn't they buy Whole Foods? They did. Yeah. But they're going to have two different stores. They're going to have the high-end Whole Foods, and they'll have a lower market rest, or, uh, grocery store like a Walmart or a Winco, mm -hmm. for, if Winco's in your area. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, realistically, what they'll end up doing is Trader Joe's will become a niche store. Albertsons will be in certain areas. Kroger's going to be pushed out. Walmart will be completely pushed out. Oh, give a shit. I shop at Winco. I do, too. Employee-owned. Stacked on pallets, twenty feet high to the ceiling. <laughs> they treat every, they treat their employees really well. They do, and uh, and they don't they and they have good prices, and their produce is pretty legit. So yeah, you know, yeah. fuck it, I'm a Winco guy. I like going to Albertsons for win, for uh, produce, but yeah, uh, it's you can find good deals if you do it right. Mm -hmm. And their meat section is always really good. Too. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, so and that's I mean that's the other thing you do with your money is to make sure you sit down on Sunday, plan your meals for the week. Yeah, go grocery shopping. And go grocery shopping for the week. Yeah, you know, and if you know that'll you like, save you a fucking yeah, exactly. at least a hundred bucks a week. So my wife loves cooking pork ribs. Yeah, in her Instapot, it takes twenty three minutes. So we you're eating in less than forty minutes, and it's a side of ribs. Okay. Yeah, and they fall off the bone. They're just fall. Excuse me, fall off the bone good. So when we buy ribs, 
we'll generally buy two or three racks of ribs and throw them in the freezer. It's an Instapot. Is it like a little pressure cooker, like an yeah, automatic it's a, pressure, it's cooker, a pressure cooker, basically? Cooker, yeah. yeah. Automatic you should come with house and yeah. I'll show you. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. It, I mean, you can cook chicken breasts super fast. Yeah. I mean, kills huge chicken boobs you get at uh, yeah. Albertsons that are yeah. like, a, like a pound and a half each breast yeah. side. Yeah, they look like they've been fucking shooting Tran and yeah, fucking exactly. like, it's like getting yoked in the yeah. gym for the last yeah, year, exactly. but they're it's only like, fucking like I eight weeks old. I want to bump you up. <laughs> And they're just thick, and but they they just cook. Yeah. You, in 19 minutes, you can cook a chicken breast. It's fun, uh -huh. and it's juicy and good. Yeah. And you throw some cream cheese on top of that, pull it apart. Some cream cheese, some ranch dressing. You got cracked chicken. Throw some bacon in it. Yeah, call baby. It cracked chicken. Oh, it's uh -huh. really good. And it's it's ready in like 30 minutes. Well, I mean, I love crack. Does it taste like crack? I know. I've never had crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. It's, it doesn't. I tell you what. It doesn't smell anything like my first wife's crack. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's probably good. I apologize first of all. If wife. I want to eat, if, if I'm going to eat it, I, that's probably a good idea. I'll, I'll show you. I'll, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's fucking great. And, and yeah, so. And then, where are we at? I feel like we got down sorry. a crack chicken rabbit hole. Yeah, sorry. Um, that's the meandering of the conversation. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I, um... That's what I I'm going to title this this week. Finances and, and crack chicken. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> sorry. I think I think we'll do a second part to this. Yeah. Um cuz one I it's a lot it's a lot of information and right. there's a lot to do with it. So I think we'll call it for tonight. And, well, and I don't think we're going to do one next Friday. Are we going to, you want to get together next Friday? Are you going to be here? I'll, I'll be here. Friday? Yeah. Okay. I'll be here so next we'll Friday. We don't have to, if you don't, no, no, if you want, cool. got no, family no, I stuff. Want but. I want to, I want to. Um, but what we'll do is maybe when I get here, we'll sit down and drop a plan of how we want to talk about it. Cause this is, sure. this is fucking important. This is important stuff. I feel like we covered some of it and but there's definitely other cons other related concepts that yeah. I, that I want to elucidate that, that we should definitely dig into um and and bring this together well, we'll and paper for maybe work. a two hey who knows maybe a three-parter depending on how far I'll, we get I got paperwork um, at, a hall, at, at work on my desk yeah that can give us some suggest that they've been giving suggestions we tell people on the phone okay and we can kind of delve into it and pick apart what we sure. like the best yeah yeah so let's do that because okay, we want the like, I, if we've had this conversation a million times, I think we we're here having these conversations, not because we think we're better people, not because, but we've had experiences in life, and we want to help make the world a better place. Absolutely, and I want everybody to take this shit and make ten times more money than me. I want yeah. them to be financially independent. I want them to fucking know what it's like to not have to stress about bills or Christmas or anything. Yeah. That's why. I don't get fucking 10 cents for this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just here hanging out. I love talking to Bob. And I, if, you know, hopefully it well, helps some somebody. Point, at you some know? point, we're going to want to make money at this. But I don't think it's I'm in, a, in, I'm in a rush. Yeah. I'm not in a rush. Care. So. The goal is to get good information out. Yeah. And help people get to a better place in their lives. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if we can do that, I, I'm, I'm happy to. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right, well, this is Bob. And this is Jordan. This has been Shop Talks. You guys have a good night. All right, we'll do part two next week. Have a great night.